Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome back my friend, the meme doctor himself, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. Spencer is a board-certified family and obesity medicine physician and posts some of the best diet and exercise memes on the internet. I wanted to have him back to dive deeper into the subject of macros and all of our questions. Let's do this. Dr. Nadolsky, welcome back to the American Glutton Podcast. Ethan, thanks for having me, buddy. I really wanted to talk to you about macros because I've I've done my kind of cursory explanation of what they are and, and what I understand them to be. I think I mostly understand protein and carbohydrates. I, I don't understand fat really at all, if I'm being frank. I take some uh, uh, fish oil when... I noticed that I've eaten really, really lean foods all day and I've had no, virtually no fat and I, I got to yeah. get some fat because, you know, Mike's TED talk told me that I had to have yeah. some. Mike said you had, Dr. Mike said you got to get some fat. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm going no fat. Like I was no carb before. And so I just wanted to get like an actual person who knows these things and I'm friends with you. To like talk to me about them, if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I do my little Instagram lives and I do my little memes and whatever. Uh, you know, we get into that vernacular of fitness bros and we're like, what are your macros, bro? And yeah. hey, you know, what's your macro split? And if you're just trying to figure out this whole fitness thing, people are like, what's a macro? What does that even mean? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, like for 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 me, I had heard about macros, but before I actually like dove into it, it was a completely abstract. Like all of none of my dieting ever got into those ratios. Yeah, so you know, first off, like what's a macro? Macronutrient as opposed to micronutrient. The the it's composed of the protein. Uh, fat and carbohydrate, and you can also include alcohol. That probably, I don't know. I probably we don't consider it necessarily just because it's uh, not essential. Okay, uh, not something that's usually in our diet. Doesn't have to be in our diet necessarily. And technically, carbohydrate doesn't have to be either. But we usually consider protein, carbohydrates, and and fat. So you know, wait, nope. You've yeah. just said something radical. Let's go back. Why doesn't carbohydrate have to be in our diet? Yeah, we can we can technically live without it. Uh, we don't have any we don't have any essential uh, requirement for carbohydrates. Some people will will argue that, but you know we can use ketones as uh, as fuel for our brain. It's okay. just that. And if yeah. we're not using ketones as our as our fuel, can we convert protein into glucose? Yeah, we can. It's not super efficient, but uh, we can. Okay. Slightly, you know, the thing is when, you know, so when people get into the argument, well, okay, so then we shouldn't eat carbs. It's like, well, no, just because it's not essential doesn't mean it's not optimal. So I think that that's where people, that's where people get confused. So, you know, we have these macronutrients, the, in what most people say, the protein, carbohydrates and fat, and those make up, you know, what we have in our diet, which make up our energy balance and energy intake. Protein has four calories per gram carbohydrates have four calories per gram and uh fat has nine so that's where i don't know it's the 80s 90s where people are like well gram for gram fat has more calories so therefore don't eat it and that's partly of where that whole thing came from but that doesn't take into account how much of each we'll actually eat how we metabolize them and then you'll also hear this idea of, well, a calorie is not a calorie. And what they're really saying is that a macronutrient is not a macronutrient. Technically, a calorie is, it will always be a calorie because it's a unit of, of energy. Right. So, so yeah. So, when, when people say a calorie is not a calorie, what they really mean is that a, mac, a macronutrient is not a macronutrient because a carbohydrate will be utilized different than a, than a gram of fat and different from a gram of protein. So, that's, that's, that's when I wanted to mention that in there because people get so confused about, well, calories aren't calories. Well, calories are always going to be calories, unit of, of energy, but macronutrients that make up some of those calories uh, are utilized differently in our body. And right, the, the idea not all calories are equal makes more sense than a calorie is not a calorie because a calorie is a calorie. But yeah. your body can't necessarily use them all in the same way. Also comes down to the maybe the misunderstanding of what the word means. Um, yeah, yeah, no, totally. You know, totally. Yeah, really, what they're saying is that like macro, the macro fat, the gram of fat isn't the gram of carbohydrate, and, and or even four calories of of carbohydrate isn't uh, four calories of protein or whatever it is. You, you can't necessarily compare them because they each have different. Uh, processes or they're metabolized differently in our body and have different um, needs. And calorie literally means the energy required to burn something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's what people just get so confused about that. But, you know, so in the other thing is like people, there are a lot of people that will get so caught up in macronutrients, like what's your macros. And for most 
people, it, the, the, it's truly matters most like what's your total energy intake? So what's your total calorie intake? When it starts getting down to the nitty gritty of like true performance and things, that's why the, with RP, we take it a step further and we go into the not only those macronutrients with protein having a certain level so that you optimize your body composition and then you optimize your performance around exercise. So we optimize the carbohydrate. Uh, and then fat to uh, whatever energy balance there is and, and to preferences. And then we also get into the food quality too. So that's it's it, it gets kind of confusing when you start focusing in on one thing, whether it's calories or macronutrients or, or food uh, quality, it, all of it counts. Um, but, you know, we're talking about macronutrients now. I just want to throw that out there just because people get so in these little, these little tribes and they all fight with each other. Right. The idea that somebody could just go like, I'm going to eat refined sugar, whey protein powder, and right. like olive oil shakes. Yeah. And, and at the end of the or olive oil might not even be the best example, uh, you know, something a little bit yeah, more controversial, whatever. canola oil, right? Corn, um, corn oil. Corn oil, <laughs> rapeseed oil, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and like... Because a calorie is a calorie and these are my macros and it doesn't matter. You know, like when I, there was a a really bizarre thing and I don't know if it exists where they tried to have an actual Soylent Green shake, which yeah. was really scary because if anyone saw that movie, that's really the last thing you want to be consuming. But yeah, right. the, the idea was like, let's take all of the, the pleasure of eating out of eating, which can I can understand actually uh, on some level. If if like for me, there was a period where I would go like I was so out of control with eating to to take all of it away for a moment just to kind of recenter myself. I I get it, but these people are thinking like long term. Like this is just how you exist forever on these shakes that are kind of what they deem to be the perfect balance of macronutrients yeah um, i see them i still see them being sold some, yeah that's a that's a big startup i think i don't know it's crazy to me it seems know. crazy to me because the, like to your point the quality of the ingredients w would come into play there and and then i right yeah so the so this is where it gets confusing so if you put somebody in a lab and you give them very similar, mac, uh, let's say different food quality, but similar macronutrient at a lab in, in a lab where they are controlling every little morsel that's going into your body. Technically, you're going to have similar weight loss outcomes. It's because of the energy in, energy out. The the problem is is that we do die. It takes some energy to digest some of some of these whole foods. We don't necessarily absorb, say, like almonds or we'd call them a fat source, right? Well, they have fiber in, a, in, in, in an intact um, intact almond, you're going to absorb fewer calories than if you had almond oil, let's say, or almond butter because you because of the fiber content and, the, and how it's um, still in its whole form. And so we see that, you know, it's and there is likely a, a satiety difference. So that's the real world difference. So when you put somebody in the real world, they're going to eat a lot more of that highly processed food just because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily register in our brains as as being um, uh, uh, satiating. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
right now I'm cutting and and my meals are around 450 calories. This is just nobody should do this because this is specific to me. And I eat about seven of them a day. And I know that if I was to take one of those meals and just make a whey protein shake with 450 calories of water and whey protein, I would be hungry very quickly. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. So when, when, you know, we talked about in our first podcast, like the reason, you know, meal replacement programs work, not because there's something special about them is because they're prepackaged. You already know that they have protein, so they're going to spare your muscle and you don't have to think you just do them. And then you kind of grit through and there are, if you're eating so few of calories, there actually can be a, a paradoxical, like, increase in, in satiety and decrease in appetite for a little bit. But um, uh, over the long run, like, yeah, if I drink a, just a whey shake this, and, and maybe a, um, drink some sugar with it or whatever, it's not going to be nearly as, as satisfying or uh, hunger suppressing as, you know, if I baked some chicken and had some brown rice and, you know, lentils or something like that. Right. Uh, so a big difference. So just that's why when people there are some people that just say, don't even worry about your macronutrients. Just you do just worry about your total calories and then just eat mostly whole foods. And that that, that actually will indeed work. The problem is, is for someone like you who's now into this kind of RP mindset where you want you you want to you don't want to just lose the weight. You want to be absolutely optimized for uh, physique and body composition that's where you, you just you, you gotta at least get a, 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 an optimal amount of, of protein um, and then you know we can we can split hairs over the carbs and fat and, and performance differences in the gym but protein is probably the most important uh, when it comes to body composition then you're probably looking at carbohydrate for uh, performance in the gym um, uh, and then, you know, we do have a, it's a very small requirement of fat. It's, it's, it's tiny. You know, when you talk about taking your fish oil, it's, it, the reason is, is cause we don't, um, the, the EPA and DHA, those little fatty acids, uh, under the umbrella of fat. So we, just to go back, fat has different types of fats. We got saturated fat, we got monounsaturated fat. We got polyunsaturated fat. And it just depends on how many double bonds are in this long. If anybody took organic chemistry out there, I don't want to bore you with that. Uh, that's more like college-grade stuff that you probably don't even need to remember. But we have these different types of fat. And then within those different types of fat, we have different fatty acids. And they each come packaged in different foods. And they each have different uh, – they can have different effects on our body. Um uh, so when you're getting your fish oil, it's a polyunsaturated fat. And specifically, we're looking for those EPA and DHA uh, um, fatty acids that we, we, don't, we don't make them. We, we really need them. Those are the, the essential fatty acids. Um, and, and so that's why you're, you're supplementing with that. We, and we don't really need that much of it. It's a, it's a very tiny amount. And so if you're getting yeah, a couple at dinners or yeah, a couple at dinners, really all I, I take. And by the way, I don't take them every day. Like if I eat salmon or even, even lean ground beef, I don't take them because I've, I've, I've hit my, the amount of fats I need to hit. Yeah. It, it's, it's not much. Um, 
you know, there's controversy around saturated fat. We could get into that. I'm, I'm, you know, lipid guy, so I, I love discussing that. But that might be a little bit past the scope of of this um, chat. But yeah, so you, you don't need that much fat if you're getting at least 10% of your diet with, with fat. Uh, you're probably getting enough. If you're not eating any fish, do recommend usually supplementing with it. But um, in general, uh, uh, yeah, most people aren't deficient. Right. And it's, it's actually hard. I mean, when you were trying to do the no fat, like that had to have been pretty hard. I Things taste really bland. Oh, it's terrible. Look, well, I found truly no fat, which I did try to do for a couple of days it's it's like virtually impossible because yeah. a lot of my protein sources would have would wind up even a chicken breast with no skin on it. it's got a little bit of fat yeah yeah um, there's a little bit there yeah so i found no fat to just be not easy i mean i suppose if you were doing like vegan stuff and just drinking protein shakes with veggies that you could probably pull that off, but, but not the way my diet was. I couldn't do no fat, but, but there were days where I would come in low and there still are. And then I'll, I'll take some, some fish oil and, and there, you know, that is like the one supplement that I'm consistent with. Yeah. 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 To go back. I mean, the reason I always say you know, probably should take some fish oils, the, the true, the, the, the two true fatty acids, we generally, uh, there's the omega three, it's alpha linolenic uh, acid. And then there's the, um, linoleic acid, which is an omega six. And we generally get those in our diet from something. And then our body should be able to convert those into the, the, the other chains, um, of fatty acids. Uh, but it's, we're not that good at doing it. So, yeah, you know, I generally recommend a little bit of fish fish oil or something like that if you don't have any uh, type of seafood a, a week. Right. And if you're getting like that ten to you know ten to twenty percent at least of your of fat in your diet, I mean you're you're probably getting enough unless you're drinking butter or something like that. I don't know. No butter, no butter at all. No ghee, no butter at all in my diet. Um, nice. I I do eat a lot of cod because it, because it's one of the leaner fishes and. Uh, a fair amount of tuna um but god i tell you when i when i go when i get a piece of salmon i can really sense the difference in the yeah. fat content mm -hmm. it is it's like oh this is like creamy yeah it's it's wild so i i look i can't assume that everyone listening uh is or was as big as i was or is or was has the same dietary needs or goals that, that I have. But I do think that um, I, I also think that not everybody could be like uh, lean like you and potentially just wanting to lose a couple pounds. Right. Not that, yeah. not that you need to lose any weight. You look fantastic. I'm saying like a guy who's, oh, you. <laughs> you know, a healthy person who who's in really good shape. Who's like, Who's had a rough uh, quarantine? Let's put it that way. Yeah, and and it's just like I, I need to, I need to get toned or whatever. So those are two completely different kind of uh, poles of like the the dieting uh, universe. And I and I and I've been hearing a lot about um, intuitive dieting, which. I actually, yeah. when I think about it for myself today, I go like, yeah, I could, I could probably get away with that. Like I just did 
basically three months of maintenance. And towards the end, after like six weeks, it really, I wasn't really thinking about anything. I was just kind of like eating, making sure I, I was heavy on the protein and had some carbs, but I wasn't really even measuring anything and I didn't gain weight. And so I was like, okay, this, this is a real thing. But if you had told me when I was 550 pounds to try that, it would have been a disaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the whole intuitive eating, actually, it might be interesting to have a intuitive eating expert on your podcast because it's, 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 um, to me, intuitive eating just sounds like you're just eating without even worrying about anything. Uh, you eat without, not even in your mind, like, okay, do I have enough protein? All these different things. It's just, you're eating. Um, and pretty much not worrying if you have a slice of pizza here and there, no guilt, that type of thing. Right. There is a whole paradigm with, because there was a book written about it and, and there's a whole, like, that's a whole kind of tribe. It'd be interesting to get somebody, but the way you're just discussing is what I would envision is the, is the goal is that first it's like, I have no awareness of anything I'm eating. So then you kind of learn about the calories, like, oh, wow, I was eating way more calories than I thought. Nah. Uh, or you realize you're eating too many calories, you, you wanted to do something about it. Then you start getting into the macronutrients, like, oh, wow, these are, you know, some people think you don't even need to know about macronutrients to lose weight. It's true. You don't necessarily need to. Uh, but I think, personally, I think with all the confusion going on, it's probably better to understand it a little bit, uh, a little bit more, uh, especially if you have these aspirations of, of having a uh, an optimal physique, let's say for, um, the effort you're putting in. And then you start getting into the, how the food quality, like, like you're doing, uh, and how that affects your satiety. And so that's, yeah. So now you're at a point where it's like, yeah, I got a pretty good idea of how many macronutrients should be in each of my meals. I don't need to be super tedious about it. And I have a good idea of the food quality that's going to keep me satiated during the day and, and the food that's going to help me perform the best in the gym. That's a great place to be. Yeah. And it's a place that required a hell of a lot more work than just eat what you want to eat. You know, right. I, I th the, the thing about any of these, these diets or these m modes of eating, if we're not going to call them diets or, or whatever the hell they are, language gets so tricky, <laughs> I know. you know, it's like wild, but the idea that that I'm communicating something to somebody who has exactly the same life experience as me and and uh, exists in the exact same way and has the same compulsions and the same preferences is highly unlikely. Um, right. So as of today, I could try this thing, um, intuitive eating, and I could be successful at it. But that's not me 18 years ago and 500 pounds. Um, that's not even me two and a half years ago and, and, and verging on 400 pounds. You know, mm. that's me after having done pretty much every fad diet um, and, and finally finding something that I go like, oh, I, I feel great. I'm not struggling. I'm not walking around every day thinking about cheeseburgers and pizza. Um, occasionally when I do think about that, I have it. It hasn't been a problem. It's not like some big gateway right now. So yeah, yeah. I could practice this. Um, but it took a quite a bit of effort before I got there. 
Heck yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, just to recap, it's like, yeah, calories, when it comes to weight loss, calories, absolutely, by far, no matter what. It doesn't matter what the macronutrients are. Calories will beat all. Then you get into the macronutrients, and, you know, when you look at population studies, it still doesn't matter what the – you could have them all over the place. If The most important, though, likely is protein just because it actually, you know – if you want to be technical, it probably has fewer calories um, per gram just because it takes more to metabolize and, and utilize the protein. We call that the you know the thermic effect of food. Um, so it's a little bit less than the than the carbohydrate and fat. So then you, you have your protein matched, and it doesn't really matter what your carbs and fat are uh, if you're just going strictly for weight loss. But if you're going for performance, likely you're going to have a preference towards carbohydrate more carbohydrate than fat. Although, you know, we could, we could argue that maybe your preference, taste preferences and being able to stick to it are more important than, than driving the performance if that's, that's your thing. And then beyond that, the, the food quality is obviously really important, but you know, if you're just trying to lose weight and you don't care, calories matter, matter the most. If you want to get a little bit into it more extra, uh, more optimally, then you really probably should be looking at your macronutrients and then uh if you really want to sustain it and feel good doing it satiated then you're going to want to look at the food quality i want to get into the actual functional roles of of each of these macronutrients with you but before that we keep we have touched on food quality a number of times and i just want to talk to you briefly about this because it's my I have, you know, and and I'm going to give you just a a very brief backstory is I've uh, grown up in Los Angeles. I I had, you know, a mom who predominantly shopped at health food stores before, you know, she was into organic when you had to like go to a dusty bulk bin type place to, to get organic. And everybody was either a Sikh or looked like they were on a macrobiotic diet because they were dying of cancer. Um, you know, like really, like I would walk into these places and go, these people are not healthy looking. And this is what we're eating. It wasn't Um, that long ago. That wasn't that It's so common now that it's like, yeah, it seems like normal, but like I, I was in medical school. Yeah. And and even college seems like yesterday maybe it was i don't know 20 2007 ish yeah i'd go and i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so so me as a little kid i'd be like look at that big uh corporate supermarket where everybody looks healthy nobody's overweight and here we are in this place that like is dusty no electricity and like everybody looks unhealthy that was just my perception (laughs) um and then I, you know, I grow up to, you know, having a lot of women in my life. And by that, I mean a wife and lots of daughters. And my wife has a, a very big group of friends who all ha- are very opinionated on what is healthy. It, it the, There was a shift. And at some point, organic and these types of foods became very trendy and incredibly trendy in Los Angeles. And oh, yeah. so now, like these health food stores are really expensive that I do not remember that as a being a kid that it was like hippies who I don't ever associate with wealth. And so I don't think we were shopping at an expensive food store as a kid. And now it's like, 
you know, it's all really fancy people at the quote unquote health food stores. And Mm -hmm. the thing that makes me uncomfortable is the idea of food quality being a gateway to diet. And, and I, I would never want, you know, because a lot of my wife's friends are like, you know, I would consider them to be somewhat fancy people and, and like, you know, they're capturing, they're drinking water that's, that was shot out of a rock and caught in a glass and never processed. And it's so expensive and, you know, the chickens are being massaged and, and let, let left to roam fields and it's 20 bucks for a dozen eggs. And like, so I get scared of food quality moving into that realm, which for me, I, I detest it. And I go like, no, because again, who knows how this is going to be interpreted. Um, so I, I, I really want it to be known that when I, when we're talking about food quality, I think that that is generally accessible to everyone, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Food, when I talk about food quality, I'm not talking about non-GMO, organic, whatever. I'm talking about simply um, the processing of the food. And that doesn't necessarily make it worse. It's more of just saying that, like, look, if you have very highly processed, highly palatable is the, is the term, very tasty, yummy foods that were engineered, you're, there's, there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with those foods other than they're going to hijack your appetite system in your brain and you're going to eat more of them un, subconsciously. Right. So like when I talk about food quality, think about the difference between the carbohydrate or the, the, the just the, the like broccoli it's hard to eat a ton of broccoli and there's, there's carbohydrate in it. There's, there's, there's carbohydrate in there, but think about the difference between that or, or lentils. We'll say there's more carbohydrate per, per weight um, in lentils, let's say versus just, you know, table sugar or something like that. So that's, that's, that's all right. Like the, the difference between a whey protein shake, which is plenty healthy for us. So we, Use it for supplementing uh, if we don't feel like we got enough. There's, there's nothing inherently unhealthy about drinking whey protein um, versus eating a whole chicken breast. It's it's more of just the structure and the food matrix that it comes in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, so that's, I get that's scared that's that one. Of, yeah, one of one of my wife's friends is going to hear this and hear us talking about food quality and go like, "I told you, you know, you got to do all the, you know." Uh, coddled eggs, 20 bucks a dozen, which I'm just staunchly opposed to. And, and I'll go like, no, you're not, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm saying it doesn't, ha- you know, m- maybe just an egg is better than a bag of Fritos. That's food yeah. quality. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, those the, so yeah, it's, it's hard to match the macronutrients. Uh, that's why I'm trying to think of like whey protein versus yeah, chicken, a chicken breast. breast or lentils versus table sugar or actually instead of table sugar, something more palatable. Let's say um, uh, Fruit Loops or something like that. That that would be that would be more that would be a better comparison, I guess. And well, well, even like I think you can you can do experiments with yourself, too. I've found and I don't I'm going to say a crazy word, which would have made me cringe, you know a year ago, but I've found that, um, when I'm cutting, if I eat quinoa instead of white rice, 
I'm fuller. I, I, I'm satiated longer. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean there's anything scientifically true about that. That's just, and it might just be because I dislike it more. So I eat it slower and I'm like not enjoying it as like, much. I can tell you, I dislike quinoa more than rice. Me too. It's and gross. It tastes dirty. <laughs> and I've tried to get my kids to eat it and they actually accused me of like feeding them dirt. And yeah, my my kids were just like yucky. What is this, Daddy? Yeah, like, oh, I don't disagree, I'm, oh. but I'm like, if I'm if I'm if I'm restricting my calories to the point where I'm like feeling it a little bit, and I yeah. switch out my white rice for quinoa, it it does something where I go like, oh, I can I can this. I'm not as hungry. Yeah, it's it's probably because it's less palatable, <laughs> right? It's the the you know the shape of it too. So that's the other thing. You know, beyond macronutrients. So if we get beyond macronutrients, we, there are things that like mouth feel. Like how do things feel in your mouth? Like rice has a starchier taste and feels different and, and, and nicer than quinoa, these little tiny little balls. So like <laughs> it just does. So yeah, you, you won't eat. And there are studies on, you know, how, uh, how your brain reacts to uh, eating something like that versus rice. That's why you, that's a part of the reason, maybe not all the reason, but that's a part of the reason why you maybe eat fewer calories from quinoa than rice. Right. Has nothing to do with the macronutrient level, all to do with the way it feels in your mouth and how palatable it is. Yeah. But that's a valid thing if it works for me. (laughs) It's true. Um, okay, good. So I'm glad we, we have, uh, unpacked at least to some degree the idea of food quality it does not mean like you have to be going to erewhon and beverly hills with the kardashians and spending a fortune on you know cows that were massaged and fed beer Uh, no in fact you know in fact that's a that's a big pet peeve of mine i I had so i will share or a patient will share their success with me and then they'll come in very sad because they'll be like yeah i I had my, my, um, my, whatever, tilapia or salmon or whatever it was. And I had my white rice and I had my broccoli with it. Right. And they'll be, they will be so proud one week. And then another week they'd say, uh, someone made, told me I wasn't eating well enough because the, the, the salmon wasn't, it was farm, uh, raised. It wasn't, it wasn't in Alaska, uh, wild caught, and the broccoli wasn't organic, and my my rice wasn't brown, organic, non-GMO, whatever. And I'll just be like, fuck, it makes me so mad because these elitists, it's like that mean that means nothing. That will mean nothing for your health. It'll mean nothing for your weight loss journey. There may be a glycemic benefit to having the the brown rice over the white rice, but that's, that, that's like tiny little cherry on top and doesn't really matter when the total energy balance is, is improving. So, uh, that is a, so just like what you said, yeah, you don't need to massage, like imagine you giving a, a, a chicken a massage and then. <laughs> well, it gets into the idea of like wealthy people wanting to live forever yeah. or, or like, and, yeah. and, and by the way, and not just that, like, buying into random crazy ideas that are being sold as the key to, to longevity. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a lot of what diet culture is. And Dude. I just, and, and so any aspect of it where it's like, this is the only way to do it. I, I don't like, 
I think anything can work fine. Like I have nothing against a person, you know, eating whatever they want because they like eating it. But when it comes to telling other people, like, you, you know, your health is suffering because you're drinking bottled water that's, you know, uh, not that's been purified, right? Because mm-hmm. even this idea now that purified water is kind of not great. Or, or alkaline water or whatever. Whatever, like whatever, yeah. Is that water reverse osmosis? Like this was a big thing, reverse osmosis. And I'm like, come on, dude. I barely <laughs> want to drink water as it is and you're now ruining it for me? I know. We, we uh, bought a house uh, here a few months ago and and they're like, oh, we got this reverse osmosis thing set up and it, the water is the greatest water you'll ever taste. And I'm just like, I, I don't taste the difference. I don't care. Like, yeah, you know, if you're in an area where maybe there's they added a little bit too much fluoride to the water or whatever. Yeah. Because because the state or the county screwed it up for some reason. But like, yeah, that's that stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. No, I did. Uh, I heard that my. I, my wife was super into like these giant glass bottles of water and we would get them delivered and they weighed like 80 pounds and it was always a nightmare to move them around. And at one point I saw the bill and I was like, is this a yearly bill? And she said, no, that's a monthly bill. And I was so shocked at what we were spending on water that I, I went on strike and I started drinking tap water. Now I will say tap water in Los Angeles tastes like crap. Oh, really? <laughs> it, it just tastes like crap. But after a few days of tap water and, and like really going like, okay, yes, this is not good. I found cheap bottled water and I moved on yeah. to that. And that was my, uh, my strike was like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with your fancy water. I don't think there should be a financial, uh, constraint. You know, we have oh. doctors out here that are, tens of thousands of dollars that are going to like, you know, tell you what root extract to mix with your peeled cucumbers that have no seeds in them because those lectins are poisoning you. And, and they're saying those things to really healthy people who just have a lot of money to waste on this kind of stuff. And then I go like, that's fine. If you feel better and you're having any kind of placebo effect from this, fine. I, I support you, but don't tell the world that this is what you have to do it's all money and greed and fame i've, I've seen that guy on uh youtube he pops up because he's he, it's, it's great marketing like i found a discovery to weight loss it's because you're eating vegetables right you gotta stop eating vegetables and you're gonna lose weight i'm just like oh my how does anybody ugh. i understand why people fall for it because the marketing is amazing but it's it's that makes me so angry. Yeah, it makes it actually makes me angry too. I, I you know, and I I have I know people who like fully buy into that, and and like I, I am a, a bit of a relativist where I just go like um, I'm happy for you, but like when you come to my house and you look at like the type of cooking oil I use, and you want to give me a two hour lecture, I'm not listening. Yeah. You send them my way. I'll straighten them up with a good meme. Okay, good. Yes, <laughs> yes. You have the best memes. The meme doctor. All right. So good. I'm glad we we set those uh, parameters. Now, will you tell me what the basic function of protein is? Yeah. So the basic, we have these structures uh, made out of amino acids in our body. A lot of our um, tissues are, are, are made out of protein. So, you know, we think of protein like muscle, right? 
You yeah. know, but we have all sorts of other things. Our DNA, everything. Uh, a lot of things are made out of out of protein, so we we need it for all these structures. Um, uh, that's why we we absolutely need protein in our diet. And there are certain amino acids that are essential that we we have to get. We can't just eat. You know, that's why when I don't know if you're in some of these support groups or whatever that you you're probably not. You don't waste your time with that. But people want to use collagen protein for, say, muscle building because everybody's like, can I just use my recovery drink as collagen? Well, you can because it doesn't have the essential amino acids that are required for skeletal muscle. Uh, The collagen. uh, it, proteins actually in some of our, you know, our skin and, and some of our other soft tissues, but, um, we need the essential amino acids for our skeletal muscle. So a lot of things, DNA, all these things are made out of amino acids. So we, we require protein to build them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, uh, That's essentially why. Okay, and... When, when, when we get into the, the ratio of it, like, uh, when I think about it, I think of at least one gram per pound of body weight. Is there, is there any easy explanation to that? Yeah. So this is where, this is where there's a lot of controversy. I mean, listen, you start splitting hairs at these high levels of, of protein. So the, the easiest like simplest bodybuilder recommendation, just get a gram of protein per pound and just forget it. Like if you're getting that much, you pretty much getting enough. And for those listening uh, who use the metric system, that's about 2.2 grams per kilogram. Um, so uh, uh, it, there's a guy, Stuart Phillips, who you should probably have on your podcast at some point. He's probably the biggest guru when it comes to protein requirements and skeletal muscle. And his his big meta-analysis recently in resistance-trained um, folks, it's he goes around 1.6 grams per kilogram, uh, which um, is is roughly uh, let's say around like you know 0.7 or so grams per per kilogram or per pound. 
but like and that's for people who are doing resistance training yeah these are these are for folks this would be a um this would be a, a recommendation for folks who don't necessarily have a ton of adipose to lose you know not someone with with like that's Let's fat. Adipose is fat for everybody. Yeah, adipose. A lot of a lot of excess uh, fat. Okay. So this would be recommendations for someone who has like you know 20, 30 pounds of, of fat to lose. Um, and then when you when you start getting to that higher, like hey, you should probably get that gram per pound. That's where you're pretty lean already, and you want to make sure you're not losing any muscle. You're doing your. It's a small effect though. The the resistance training is really the most important part you got to send a signal to your muscles to, to stay there the protein will have a, an effect to be a, a small effect there so that's why we you know when you you're doing the rp diet stuff we're like get your protein in because we we're all about optimal um we want to keep things simple but we want to make sure everything's optimized too so uh it's really when you're getting to that high level relatively lean and you want to ensure absolutely no muscle loss when you're, when you're trying to diet, when you have a lot of, uh, a fat to lose, you can go down, you can get down into like, you know, um, uh, 0.6 or 1.3 per kilogram or 0.6 per, uh, per pound. It's, it's lower. In fact, you don't even necessarily need that much either, but it's, it's, um, the reason is, is because when you have a lot of fat to lose, uh, your body spares your muscle a little bit more, a little bit better, and you lose a little. You lose a lot more fat relatively to muscle when you're dieting. So that's why we, we're not as. So, like, if you had four, if you're 400 pounds, right? How much? How much were you when you started dieting again for this last time? For this last time, I was around 400, between okay. 375 and 400. Did you get 400 grams of protein in a day? No. Yeah, right. It, it's a, it would be freaking hard. Yeah, it's just hard to eat that much protein. So, uh, and and also, you, you just simply don't need that much. You can keep plenty of your muscle while losing fat without getting that much. But when you're leaner, uh, your body isn't as um, isn't as good at keeping that muscle. It's it's metabolically uh, taxing. So like. You start losing a, a higher mix of muscle when you're, when you're, when you're losing weight and you're leaner. So uh, we get that protein nice and high and we make sure that uh, that resistance training is optimized too so that you have things um, uh, on key for that. Now, like, you know, for satiety purposes, I mean, like, there's probably a threshold there too. Like, you start eating more protein than you need. I would rather be eating carbohydrate or fat if you're looking for um, just taste purposes. But I'd be rather eating uh, carbohydrate for to fuel my performance as opposed to protein, which isn't going to fuel your performance very well. I basically did keto from around 400 to around 330, and and I don't know if yeah. I was exactly 400, but I was I was probably. 385 something i had an operation on my arm and uh i wasn't allowed to do it in the outpatient place because i was too heavy and yeah. i believe it was 350 was the cutoff and uh and then when i heard that i was like well i'm heavy now i'm just gonna eat whatever so i ate then i started dieting and i did keto and i i started noticing uh lean tissue loss yeah. um and 
I really got into this when I was around 330 pounds. And I will say eating. So when I began, I went from keto and uh, a very restrictive keto to low fat. The volume of food came up so much that it was difficult to eat. Like yeah, really. Exactly. The, the the difference between like chicken thighs and and with some olive oil and trying to lose weight to chicken breasts with no olive oil, your calorie. I mean, oh. it was a lot of food. Um, it is. It's not as. And again, it's not as palatable. Man, chicken thighs taste way better than chicken breasts. Way better. <laughs> way better. Um, yeah. And, and I made many mistakes early on too, where, you know, I would be confronted with like a couple, a few pounds of chicken every day to get through or egg whites or whatever I was eating a cod and, and being so used to eating these small meals, I would, uh, I would get to the end of the day and have like, 150 grams of cod left or not of cod of, of protein in the cod cod would actually weigh more than that. But, and then I would just eat it all in one meal and force myself to eat it. And then I would get the worst yeah. gas oh, God. and my wife would be angry and like screaming, oh, yeah. you can't do this anymore. This stuff is like clearly doesn't smell healthy. Um, oh, and I, you know, so then I learned that like you, you can't actually assimilate protein in that quantity in one city you have to spread it out um i mean you can it's it's so so you you'll 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 use it in a way but like there there'll be a point where your muscle protein synthesis will reach a max right so the, the reason we we tell people to have smaller amounts of protein spread out is because that's likely better for muscle protein synthesis you can't just keep eating huge loads and just and see a linear increase in muscle protein synthesis it reaches a point where it doesn't get any higher there may be a, a benefit to like the the catabolism um you know muscle protein breakdown uh for eating slightly larger but you know you'll you'll use it but it, it, it will be kind of unnecessary and um inefficient so uh yeah but in general correct i, I found that if i uh, you know and this was mostly my wife saying i'm gonna i'm gonna just pull you off this diet um because i was making the house unlivable for everyone um <laughs> that if i spread it out the gas went away and so yeah. That was enough for me and for them. And they were like, okay, yeah. you can do this yeah. again. No more uh, big meals at dinner. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so so that's protein. We got protein. Now, I, I, want, I definitely want to go to carbs next, but since they're unnecessary, do we save them for last? Yeah, we just don't even need them. We don't even have to. <laughs> I mean, we can just excise carbs from the diet altogether. Yeah. <laughs> exactly no i mean so yeah when it comes to carbohydrates um you know we got we got the simple carbohydrates you know and God, what class is it maybe it's just a nutrition class in in uh college but you start learning about how you know when it comes to organic chemistry and and different chemistry classes and maybe it was biology class i don't know what it was but 
you, you learn about the, the the simple carbohydrates, the simple sugars, the, the single molecules, and then all of a sudden, uh, um, uh, then you get the disaccharides where they put them together. You know, like sucrose is a fructose molecule and a glucose molecule put together, and then and then you start getting chains of them, and then it becomes uh, uh, complex um, carbohydrate starches. Uh, and yeah, we, you know, like. They, they each are metabolized slightly differently. You know, fructose is, is metabolized differently than glucose. And we have little processes in our body to uh, um, to convert things into different ones and and whatnot. But like if somebody's eating a normal thing, if they're not getting fructose powder or something like that, it's pure fructose powder. And most people, when they get, when they think of fructose, they're thinking of like, you know, table sugar but that's really or high fructose corn syrup but it's really about the same as as table sugar as sucrose which is the um the, the, the disaccharide uh, combination of, of fructose and, and glucose when people say high fructose corn syrup it's pretty much the same as as, as table sugar it's slightly different but um for all intents and purposes uh the same so when people are eating like a normal type of diet i mean like the carbohydrates in general, uh, it doesn't it doesn't really matter as much where you're getting them from, uh, other than like satiety purposes. Again, this this idea of the food matrix and, and quality. So like, if is it if I get the same amount of like let's say, let's say I drink let's let's just say I drink uh, sugar laden beverages and that's the only carbohydrate I get. Uh, and I'm not going and I'm in an energy deficit or even like what we call eucaloric. I'm burning as many calories as I'm taking in. Um, is there going to be a much of a health difference than if I got those carbohydrates from white rice, you know, same amount of fiber, uh, pretty much, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there's going to be a, a huge difference, but there's going to be a big satiety difference. Right. I, um, you know, you're, you're, and actually, probably not a huge amount since white rice isn't super satiating. But let's, you know, again, we could change it to quinoa, lentils, or whatever. <laughs> quinoa, yeah. quinoa is always it's, that's the go-to. But yeah, um, but you know, when when you start getting into sports performance and and yeah, if you like people are people are talking about sugar being toxic. It's like, well, that's not that's not inherently true. It's true that if you're overfeeding. And uh, you're worried about getting in too many calories, you know, eating sugar-laden, uh, fat-laden, highly palatable food, you're going to overeat those types of foods. If you're eating fruit, which has usually a combination of glucose and fructose um, in them, depending on what fruit you're eating, they're usually pretty satiating compared to, uh, uh, and they, yeah, they have some fiber and other micronutrients in there, but, you know, vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals, but, um, you know, like, if you're if you're just eating fruit versus drinking a beverage and you're in a lab, you know, and you're getting the same amount of calories, there's not going to be a huge difference in health outcomes. It's really this idea of like of satiety, and, and that's where it comes back to that food matrix. So, you know, ideally we'd have people eat more wholly unprocessed foods. They stop eating those candy bars and and um, carbohydrates that come pro highly processed. Because that's we eat we overeat those subconsciously. If you stick to whole grains, I know people are like, "Oh, whole grains are the reason we're in this mess." It's like people don't eat whole grains. My my box of um, 
God, there's a box of cookie crisp I saw at the at the grocery store that says we have however many grams of whole grains. And it's like, what, cookie crisp isn't whole grains. What are you talking about? But because of some legal, the way they can legally label uh, stuff, they, they can say that. Well, would, so, would, it, would Ezekiel bread be whole grains? Or are we literally yeah, talking yeah. about like millet seeds that you boil? Yeah, that's so that, <laughs> that's that you're getting into. So that's, yeah, I would, I would call Ezekiel bread is, a, is, it's more processed, obviously, but it's less processed than say white bread. Right. Uh, um, it's 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 more processed than the actual the grains that you can just pick up with your hands, but uh, not as processed as again it's a spectrum as like say white bread or you know some sort of sugar um, table sugar or right. cornflakes or whatever it is. So yeah, again not essential, but you know I think most people would call carbohydrate essential um, in terms of being optimal with. Uh, everyday living and, and sustainability and whatnot. Yeah. So what does it, what does it do for you? Yeah. So, uh, you know, our, our, our cells prefer glucose. I mean, that's where people are like, no, they we're supposed to run on fat because, you know, we went through days of famine and whatever. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. You look at studies when it comes to performance, eating Fueling your body with carbohydrate, people tend to do better. Again, you can thrive on no carbohydrate and using your fat as fuel. Um, but in terms of carbohydrate, yeah, our muscles, um, uh, our body, our brains, our blood, red blood cells use carbohydrate to, to fuel uh, for energy. And then, and then uh, somebody wants not to for structure. Sorry, no. not so not for structure, but somebody once told me and had no, you know, scientific analysis to back this up. It was just something that was said. And, and I've always gone like, I wonder if that's true. Um, once you have uh, filled your muscles with glycogen, so w- whatever that is, I have no idea how many grams of, like if I was to deplete myself and go into ketosis and then try to fill them, I have absolutely no idea what my storage capacity is for glycogen, but yeah. I'm sure there is a fixed number depending on how much muscle mass I have. Yeah, exactly. Then your liver stores uh, uh, a good amount and then your muscles will. So depending on your body size, it's, it's somewhere around 500 grams or so probably for you. I and think. then, okay, once you've done that, the guy's contention was every gram of carbohydrates you eat beyond that has to be stored as fat yeah so that's 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 the common thing is that you have a spillover effect once you're absolutely filled but the thing is like that would mean you're you're just absolutely you're you're sedentary and you're just gorging on on carbohydrate and what what they're talking about is something called de novo uh, lipogenesis where you're converting that carbohydrate into fat and and it's really it's actually kind of hard. And so like, it's, it's easy when, when we think about this and people say, well, carbohydrates inc- increase insulin. Insulin is the fat storage hormone. So that's, what's causing fat. Well, you, you really got to create fat. If you're not eating any fat um, with your meals, you got to actually turn that carbohydrate into fat. And that's actually a, a, a quite a lengthy process. So you do have to, you have to eat a lot and you have to be very sedentary and you'd be eating overeating the amount of calories 
um, in your body that, that your body needs anyway at that point. So it, it becomes a nuanced, uh, uh, kind of like, ha see if you eat too many carbs, you, it's, but it's hard. It's actually hard to do. If my storage capacity is 500 grams, yeah, that's 2000 calories. If I go from zero to 2000 calories, I'm not gaining weight at 2010 calories. Yeah. So it would take a lot more than that. And then any kind of just living function is burning calories too. So yeah. you have to go way above and beyond that. Yep. Yep. It's, it's tough. There's some good papers on it. Like over, they do these overfeeding studies where they, they just they put people in labs and they just feed them tons of tons and just watch what happens. And it's, it's really interesting because like, yeah, we think we just, we overeat carbs and we're just going to become fat. And that's not actually, that's not exactly how it works. It's quite hard to convert that. It's really hard to convert protein, by the way, to fat. It, it, and some people think it's not really even done. So that's why people are like, just overeat on your protein if you're really hungry because it's hard to store that as fat. It's so hard. It, it's, it's, it's not very red, uh, readily done. Now, and the other reason why people say to go on a low-fat diet is because, like, yeah, if you eat fat, like, that's so easily stored. Uh, it's, 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 you don't need to convert it. It's just you can store it, store the fat. Again, that's not, you know, that wouldn't be intellectually honest either because, again, we're burning calories. You burn the fat. Um, it really comes down to that energy balance, right? Of we, we again, the energy balance for those listening is just you know the, the amount of calories we're taking in versus the, the calories we're burning. So if you're overeating on your calories, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, again, if you're eating a ton of protein, but you're overeating on the carbohydrate and fat, you're going to still store fat, right? And um, and your body, well, I mean, it all becomes look. I think in in this day and age where we have like the double big gulp, that's got a ton of sugar in it, unless you're drinking a diet soda. But so, you know, the fact that you can, I don't know, listen, I have actually no idea how many grams of carbohydrates a two liter soda has in it, but I know when I was at my biggest, I could easily drink one or one and a half of those in a day. And that's, yeah. you know, like mainlining those carbs. Yeah. So just, that's a lot. yeah, just removing that is a big depletion in that's all, huge. all yeah. of this. Um, yeah. John, uh, your, your obese to beast, your buddy, John, yeah. um, he was telling me the same thing. He did the same thing at the beginning. Uh, and that's a ton that just removing that huge. Yeah, so that's huge. Okay. Okay, got it on carbs. Now fat. What does fat do for us? Like what's the benefit? Yeah, so there are little structures, uh, membranes in our body that we um, use fat for, you know? Insulation, our, uh, uh, this, this, our cells. Um, and, of course, we use it for fuel as well, but uh, structure. Um, and uh, our brains are made of fat. So, you know, we we do require fat. Uh, again, a very small amount because we can make our own. We can make our own fat in our body. Uh, we just, we do require a tiny little bit of those essential fatty acids, those, those omega-6, omega-3s omega I was talking about. And then, a, like I said, theoretically, we should be able to convert those into the 
the the fish oil um, uh, fatty acids like EPA and DHA, but we don't do it so readily. But again, it's our it's our it's our membranes and things like that. So that's where it becomes a requirement. And if we, you know, we can we can make fatty acids. Our body is capable of um, of doing that. So uh, we can do that too. Okay, great. And so we and we only need to get like. Uh, Ten percent of our calories, or fifteen percent of our calories. It could even be lower than that. Uh, it's I, I usually say that because I going below ten percent of your. I mean, you'll see some of these plant based guys. It's really like, um, uh, militant almost uh, plant based doctors, vegan doctors. Really, I guess I should call them. Um, they're the ones that are like no fat at all. If you have heart disease, blah 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 blah. But uh, that's pretty. Um, controversial at this point but yeah most people aren't going below 10 percent of their diets it's really hard you may have been doing it when you're doing the no fat diet but uh uh <laughs> i don't know no I, but I, that's like no nuts no oils nothing i mean i nothing. if i was going to be vegan i would uh, i would be pouring olive oil on everything yeah i don't i i honestly i have no idea um I don't know. I don't, that sounds miserable. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, if you, if you, I, 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 I don't know how you do how you do that. I, I, I get a little bit of fat from the lean protein, and then when I'm really under, I take some fish oil. But um, I don't understand if you're if you're going to be vegan and you're not even going to have olive oil. Like, what is the point of living? I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's actually a funny thing. Just an aside. We're, they're, there was kind of a, a big beef within, within the vegan doctor community because uh, one of my friends, um, cardiologist, uh, Dr. Bellardo, Danielle Bellardo, she was talking about how olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, seems to reduce risk of heart disease and there's all these studies. And then the other the, these vegan, old school vegan guys really tried to uh, take it to her. But, you know, the science is on her side. But, yeah, I would I would not want to go uh, uh, vegan and not have my nuts and seeds and olive oil. I can tell you that much. Yeah, me neither. I, I mean, when when I even think about what would being a vegan be like, I'm literally thinking about giant pieces of fresh break, baked sourdough covered in olive oil. Like, Heck yeah, that would be a staple of my diet. I think. That's probably why that probably wouldn't uh, be a good diet for you, though. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be good at all. That's all I would eat. That and the veggie grill, which is like vegan fast food. I know, and then you wouldn't be like, and that's the thing. So you wouldn't be get. You'd probably be overeating the calories. What you think? You'd be getting fewer grams of protein. Your body composition would likely change for the worse. Even if, like, unless you were just insane about the, the weight training, which maybe maybe it'd be fine. Maybe that'd be an interesting study, but. It's it's hard. It's hard. You can do it, but it's hard. You have to have. I'm wealth. I'm definitely going to try. Listen, all of this stuff takes time, but I'm going to get to my my absolute goal of. Um, I guess my goal now is eight percent body fat on a DEXA scan. Nice, Jeez. that's yeah. lean, real lean, and and then I'm going to do one massing phase. And then a maintenance phase, and then I might try a carnivore phase and a vegan phase just to see how I feel and what the results are. 
just do it and you better record it and like post all about it yeah because i'll i'll tweet that <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be an interesting experiment okay i'm actually really looking forward to doing it and i'm not you know that uh, when i do that i'm not gonna do sourdough bread and olive oil for all my meals i'll do like a real healthy diet that sounds amazing yeah you gotta get you gotta get your beans lentils yeah in there (laughs) and lots of green vegetables yeah you gotta get your vegetables you gotta get some protein in there maybe so some people are like no don't don't go crazy on the tofu that's like fake protein you know whatever you got to get it from whole foods like lentils and beans i'm like man i don't know i don't know how i'd get enough protein if i weren't getting some pea protein yeah rice protein whatever and when i when i was looking at foods for a vegan buddy who was asking me how to get more protein i I saw something called seitan which doesn't Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a naturally occurring substance right that's like a byproduct of something yeah yeah yep yeah, that's uh, you got your tempeh. Yeah, you tempeh your and seitan, all that stuff. You got to eat yeah. all that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Otherwise, I don't. I don't you'd be pretty low uh, in your protein. But yeah, so you, you know, the fat. You know, we have these things in our body that we we require for messaging, messaging, and our brain, our nervous system, our our cell membranes, and whatever. I mean, obviously, there's cholesterol is involved in there too phospholipids all these little things um uh for cell membranes and and whatnot but uh cholesterol is technically not in an energy um we don't use it for energy it's used for hormonal synthesis and all sorts of things but but yeah the, you know we, we do need a little bit of fat we can make fat uh otherwise they are you know there's all these things are used in our body carbohydrate generally Again, we, you know, it's not technically essential like protein or 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 fat, um, but you know, like you said, if, if you want to talk about glycogen and and performance, you know, and, and feeling our best, and there probably are some things for mood and whatnot that people get into as well. But um, yeah, that's the gist of all of why we do those things. The, the this was amazing, Doc. Thank you very, very much. I hope, um, I hope you know, this is a question because I talk about macros a lot and and I have a very rudimentary understanding of them. Um, and when I've tried to explain it, I never felt like I did justice to the explanation. And and so I, I think this will be really helpful for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, just to recap, calories matter the most for weight loss, macronutrients, protein, good for retaining your muscle there's an effect there and for satiety um beyond that you know you start playing with fat and carbohydrate for uh performance purposes and obviously you got your preference of tastes but uh you know that's why people will say macronutrients don't really matter for weight loss but like you know when it comes to optimal body composition your protein should be at a set at a certain level and, uh, you know, you go from there working on the food quality, not meaning organic versus conventional, but more of like the food matrix and how processed something is for satiety purposes. You do that. And that's why we, you know, again, I'll push our, our RP style. That's what we do all of it at the same time in the simplest way. Uh, but, um, again, that's the, that's the rate or the, the levels of importance there. It's awesome. And it's simple. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like the luckiest guy ever because I get to, 
I get to have these conversations that I'm utterly fascinated by. And every time I have a conversation like this, I see more of the picture that I've been, you know, chiseling away at and it becomes clearer and it, and it, and it's super helpful. So thank you. You're on your knowledge journey. It's great. That's right. All right, doc. Well, I look forward to seeing you next. All right. Anytime. Talk soon. And now I will answer some questions we received at AmericanGlutton.net. This question comes from Jason. He asks, what can I do to motivate myself to at least a workout or a loose diet to be ready for when the gym opens back up so that I can easily transition back to it? Uh, So this is like uh, specifically, I guess, a quarantine question and transitioning back to the gym. I personally have continued to work out you know i've i've definitely missed more days during the quarantine than i did prior to the quarantine uh, i didn't really miss a lot of days at the gym prior to the quarantine and i've definitely missed a few days of my home workout not many but uh, but i've missed a couple I, I find the quarantine workout to be much harder for me specifically with what i'm doing because i'm trying to go a lot heavier than the weights I have at home. And so the weights I have at home, I wind up having to do like six, seven times the reps and I'm doing them very slowly um, to try to get every last bit of, of uh, muscle fatigue. And it just winds up taking a lot longer um, and it's not as fun. So it is a bit more of a chore than I'm used to experiencing at the gym. Uh, that doesn't answer your question at all. Sorry, that was my own little sob story aside. I would say that getting steps, if, if, if you're, you know, here's the thing. They, they talk, I've, I've read countless times that vitamin D is, is a really good part of assisting the immune system. And, and specifically with a lot of these COVID-19 cases, they've noticed a, a, deficiency in D. And I even was on a a text chat group with a bunch of my friends and they were talking about the best supplementation for D. And, and I just personally think walking around outside is the best way to uh, defeat a vitamin D deficiency from everything I've looked at. You can just, and you know, maybe if you live in England, I don't know where you live, Jason. Um, and it's overcast all the time, uh, and you're not getting enough sunlight, I don't know, then you take a supplementation. I live in California, so we don't have a lot of gray days, and I just go outside to try to make sure um, I get my vitamin D. Uh, but but walking outside is is a really great and pretty easy way to maintain some kind of fitness. I think in this day and age, it's not necessary anymore to walk around outside. And so we could have a lot of situations, especially during quarantine, where we're just sitting and not moving a lot. So I just think make as healthy choices as you possibly can with what you're eating and move your body as much as possible. Thanks for the question, Jason. I hope that was helpful. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.